Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Before we get into our passage this week, Heritage Bible Church wants to announce to you an upcoming opportunity for you ladies. Our 2019 Ladies Conference will be held on Friday, September 20th through Saturday, September 21st. This year's theme is Living Wise in a Foolish World. You can find out more and sign up on our website at www.hbc-boise.org. That's www.hbc-boise.org. Well, this week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin the second chapter of the book of Mark. Have you ever gone to a doctor because of a serious illness, asked for a remedy, and had your doctor respond to you about your sins? Well, probably not. But as we begin chapter 2, that's precisely what happens with a paralytic who seeks healing from Jesus. It was already a testament to the divine authority of Jesus that he healed people miraculously. To some, like the Pharisees in that day, that was already a concern. But now Jesus stepped up the game by declaring a sick man's sins forgiven. For the corrupt religious leaders of the day, this was just too much. Now, some have argued that Jesus never claimed to be God, but if Jesus did anything to declare himself to be God, this was it, and the Pharisees knew it. Nobody but God can forgive sins, they complained. Exactly the point I'm making, Jesus answered. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Who Can Forgive Sins? There are other groups, and some of them very religious, that claim that Jesus never claimed to be God. That's also not true. The people who hated him the most saw it perfectly clearly he was claiming to be God. They knew it was blasphemy for a man to claim to be God. Now, there's one way that it wouldn't be blasphemy. That's if you're God. But they weren't about to accept that. They weren't stupid. They were well learned in their own system of theology. They weren't stupid, but they were spiritually blind to the evidence that was right in front of them that Jesus is God in human flesh, that He is the Messiah, that He is doing all the things that the Old Testament promised that the Messiah would do. But they were self-righteous. They were proud. They were arrogant. They didn't come there to learn anything. They came there to be offended. Their motto was something like, Harumph! We don't like that. They came to fuel the fires of their own hatred and rejection. And Jesus gave them vivid proof of, it, proof of His deity. So this one starts out with our introduction to faithful friends. And then come the faithless phonies. But now look at the fantastic Savior who really is the hero of this whole passage Now, Jesus starts out with kind of an oblique claim to be God. He doesn't say, I'm God. But he says, my son, 
Your sins are forgiven, which you could say only if you were God. So he said that. Now he's going to prove something because he knows what people are thinking. Matthew specifies that Jesus was knowing their thoughts. Mark said they were reasoning in their hearts. They weren't saying this out loud. They were, they were thinking it. Over in John 2.25, we have this statement. He did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. He sees right through everybody. And so Mark 2.8, immediately Jesus... Aware in his spirit, not a word has been spoken about this, that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Now that should have stopped these guys in their tracks. I saw a cartoon some, some weeks ago, I don't remember where it was, but um, there's a a guy that uh, is there and he's and he's thinking something and his uh, his wife or his girlfriend uh, busts him for whatever it is that he's that he's thinking and he says how how did you know that and she said well you forgot this is a cartoon and your thoughts are in a little bubble <laughs> over your head hey jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and by the way he knows exactly what you're thinking right now some of you ought to stop it. Okay? He knows what they were thinking. Why? Because he's God. He just claimed it. Now he reads their minds and challenges them, challenges them for what they're thinking that they haven't even said. That should have stopped them. Oh, but it didn't. They were theological legends in their own minds. They did not ever entertain the possibility that they might be wrong. They never would consider the fact that they could learn anything from this unlearned carpenter from of all places, Nazareth, the armpit of Galilee, the region of sinners. How could He ever teach us anything? To them, Jesus was a threat, not a Savior. He was one to be exterminated, not worshipped. Very few of the Pharisees humbled themselves before Christ I'm glad we have the story of Nicodemus. He did. Some, surely, at some point, came to faith. But these guys were going to be, before long, heading back down to Jerusalem to heat up the plan to murder Jesus. They worked on that plan for over a year. But look what Jesus does. If not for them, for the sake of everyone else present, and to expose their hypocrisy, And for you and me to see, because it's written down here for us, look at this, all the way from verse 8 to verse 11. Immediately Jesus, aware in His Spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and pick up your pallet and walk? but so that you will know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. A little sidebar, first of all. I think this is Mark's first mention of the phrase, Son of Man. Jesus used that phrase to describe Himself 
more often than any other way, any other self-description in all of the Gospels. Now, there are some who say that he describes himself as son of man rather than son of God so that he wouldn't throw up unnecessary barriers to people rejecting him and calling him a blasphemer, that he was, a, that he was calling himself, you know, son of man. I, I'm a man like, like you. Well, he was a man. He was humble. I, I get that. But I think he used son of man for a very specific reason, because if you go look in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, you'll find that the son of man is the man who appears before God the Father and is given the kingdom. He was claiming to be the king. I mean, why would he shy away from calling himself the the king if he's already called himself God, essentially, by by the words that he used? So he's the man who is the king. But this is cool. He reads their minds challenges them and he doesn't even stop to live give them time to get a a a word in edgewise Um, he asks them which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk you see anybody can say your sins are forgiven and you can't prove it you can't disprove it i can't look at you and tell if your sins are forgiven or if your sins are not forgiven that's, that's a spiritual thing that's only between you and God. So he's saying, look, it's easy to toss those words around, but how about this? What if I say, pick up your bed and walk? Both forgiving and instantly healing a paralytic are impossible for man. Ah, but they're both equally possible for God. You can claim to forgive sins. There are priests going around doing that every day, but no one can verify that the forgiveness actually takes place. All you can do is point them to the Savior and urge them to repent. But on the other hand, if you can claim to heal a quadriplegic, it's pretty easy to figure out if you're bluffing or not. Okay? It's easy to verify if the person is healed. So Jesus was saying, in essence, you can't see the results of my forgiveness, but you sure can see the results of my healing, and they're both miracles. Now think back to our previous study on healing. Remember we inserted a message between Mark 1 and and, and Mark 2? And I said there, and I want you to remember this, that For all of the countless healings that Jesus did, healing was never the main point. He said, I came to preach, to preach the good news. The healing or the exorcism or a miracle like feeding thousands of people from one person's lunch, that miracle is always for the purpose of validating the preaching validating the message of the Word of God, validating the Gospel. And remember, what was he doing when this whole incident started? He was speaking the Word to them. And then the paralyzed guy decided to drop in. This passage is in harmony with all of the others. And it will validate the point that healing isn't the point. He was preaching This opportunity arose, and he kept on preaching. He used it as an opportunity to proclaim the forgiveness of sins, 
That gives you a good idea of what it was that he was probably uh, preaching when he was speaking to them. He was saying things like what he'd said all along. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.